Hey y'all, it's Chase. This week we've got a slightly different episode coming your way. It's our live show from the last subconf back in November in New York City. The spring version of this is slated for March 20th and 21st. If you haven't yet, make sure to grab a ticket. I highly recommend this one because it's going to make you absolutely a better customer support pro. So head over to supportdriven.com to pick up one of those tickets. And now onto the show. Welcome to the, the live Support Ops Hangout show. This is the first one live from Subconf New York City. Woo! Really, really excited. Uh, for those of you that haven't ever heard of any of us or what we do, uh, basically our show is all about helping you deliver a better support experience to your customers. We talk about things like uh, really nitty-gritty stuff like what your refund policy should be like, all the way up to very larger more meaty topics like um, should you have a sales team inside your support team? Should you do customer success and customer su- uh, support? All that kind of stuff. Today, we are doing uh, basically an AMA. So over the last couple of uh, weeks, y'all have sent in different questions that Scott's been collecting via Slack and uh, the email newsletter and all that, and we're going to kind of uh, talk through some of those. Before we do all that, like I said, if you don't know who we are, that kind of helps if we introduce ourselves. So I'm Chase, uh, Chase Clemens, I'm the host. Not to be confused with that, Chase, over there. Um, I'm a senior support rep at Basecamp, been there for about six years or so. This guy is fantastic. You want to introduce yourself? Oh, sure. Hi, I'm Jeff. I work at Wistia. Um, If you were here from Mark, I sound awful. (laughs) Hey, I'm turning myself off. Would you want the mic? We could just pass it. Yeah. Can everybody hear me? Okay. No. No. Darn it. Uh, I'm Jeff. Um, I work at Wistia. Better? Okay, great. Um, If you heard Margo's talk before we worked together, and uh, what else? Oh, I I run uh, product development there now. I am the other Chase, Chase Livingston. I work at Automatic. I'm a happiness engineer working on Jetpack and a few other plugins we have. And he's a dreamboat, Jeff says. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Carolyn. I'm Chief Happiness Officer at Buffer. Uh, I head up the support team um, and also look at uh, sort of the comprehensive user experience. We've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Um, so you can go back and listen to all the episodes. It'll only take you like the better part of a month, I think. Uh, we're on 130, episode 136 or something like that. But um, So for this show... Uh, like I said, we're doing an AMA kind of thing. Uh, lots of fun questions were submitted. Uh, everything from off-the-wall stuff to kind of more ser- serious <laughs> support stuff. So uh, we're going to tackle first. Uh, we'll start with uh, this mic thing's going to be fun. So just forgive us for the mic passing. Um, Carolyn, way down at the very end there, uh, one of the questions that was sent in was, what did you do before you joined Buffer? And more importantly, what did you want to be when you were little? Okay. Well, once I stopped wanting to be a Disney princess, um, or did I? I don't know. Um, And probably a a few stages in there, like wanting to be a veterinarian and things like that. I think a lot of little girls go through those phases. Um, When I was uh, in school, I wanted to do marketing because I thought that... um, and, and advertising, because I thought that the creativity in that was really cool, learning about what makes people tick, um, what makes people feel attachment to a brand or a product was really interesting to me. Um, and then I actually did it, and I didn't like it very much. <laughs> um, I, uh, I found that um, 
some of it was a little bit more based on insecurities than I felt comfortable with in um, in sort of like the product marketing stuff, especially toward women. So um, I moved a little bit away from that and into more digital marketing. But that's my story. Oh, just right down the line. All right. Oh. Uh, so before... I did email marketing before this. Yeah. Uh, so before Automatic, uh, I worked for a company called Canonical uh, that does Ubuntu, the Linux distribution. So I did uh, some customer support for them. Uh, and then before that, I was in college. Um, so I've been doing support for a while now. Um, when I was a kid, I always thought that the garbage man was pretty cool because he got to ride on the back of the truck and like jump out and get the trash can. So um, that's definitely what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I guess I, I still have some time to, to change careers. So we'll see. If the support thing doesn't work out. <laughs> right. Fine. I can see that. You'd be great at that. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, every year I was a reporter for Halloween. But I never really had aspirations to be one that I can remember, so I kind of wonder if that was just the only costume that my mom wanted to pull off. I was also, a, I think, a mummy one year. They just put toilet paper on me. Um, memories. Uh, before, so before I was in support, I worked at uh, Teach for America. Um, I was on their web team for a little while. And before that, uh, I was also in marketing um, here in New York, and it was not fun. It was not great. So, um, yeah, I was, I'm really glad that I made the switch. All right, yeah, um, little known secret. When I was a kid, I thought I was going to be an airline pilot for some reason. Like, I subscribed. There's a magazine called Flying. Um, it was on the Christmas list every year. Like, that's what I got. Uh, Microsoft Flight Sim 2000. Woo! Um, that was the reason my mom... <laughs> I know it's good. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> Yeah, that was the thing. And then I uh, realized how much they got paid. And I was like, yeah, no. So um, before Basecamp, yeah, it's like almost like bus driver pay. Not that. Yeah, anyway. Um, before Basecamp, I uh, thought I was going to be a teacher. Uh, that's what I, my degree is in from college. Uh, I got into a uh, public school and taught a little bit and went, no, this isn't for me. I, I, I want out. <laughs> so uh, I joined Basecamp six years ago, and uh, the teaching thing really was really nice. It translated over into some of the sports stuff really nicely. Um, so real questions. Let's get to the tough ones. Yeah, the tough ones. So say you have a small support team, like five people or less. What happens when they all want to go to a conference like this? Do you all just stop answering customer tickets? Like, what happens there? Uh, Jeff. <laughs> that is a good question. This is really fun to do live. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so at Wistia, we've always tried to be very personable. Human is the word we use a lot uh, about how we work as a business and also how support works. And so we try to be pretty direct about that. Uh, things like, I mean, you could pretty easily translate this question into, what if it's a holiday and all four people want to celebrate the holiday? Um, and a long time ago, we certainly were in a situation where even during the holiday, people just couldn't tear themselves away. But now as you're trying to, if you, you know, even if you're four people but you've been around for a while, if you're trying to set up an environment that people can sustain and grow in, you're going to have to come up with a plan. Whether you're small or big, you have to figure that out. So for us, at least, um, it's never been difficult to set up a workflow for the customer so that they know, hey, we're going to be out 
um, over the next couple of days because we're doing this. And this thing is really exciting, and it's going to make us better at our jobs, which is pretty great, and you're going to get better support in the end because of it. Um, so I, I, I think I, for us, I would advocate doing something like that. I think other people have different customer sets. We're already at the point where I'm saying results may vary or whatever. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, we've never, of course, everyone who's on the web 24-7 is like such a huge, uh, every, so people who aren't in support instantly start by asking, well, we have customers who are in whatever country because we're on the web, the internets, and um, shouldn't we be providing support at night? And uh, again, in the early days, you, you're like, yes, okay, cool, I'll like stay up. At all hours. Last night, Carolyn told me that years ago she used to answer emails at 2 a.m. while drunk after going out. Um, right? Yeah, right? Anybody else in that scenario ever? Yeah, right? You wake up and you're just super ashamed of the work that you did. No. But you, but you put great emojis in there, right? Uh, <laughs> um, and so weekend support was a big thing for us. People would write in on a, on a Friday evening or a Saturday and say, uh, and say hey, I need, I need help. And we were always very frustrated that, one, on Monday, you come into a full inbox already. So it's kind of hard to get back to them quickly. But also, they're waiting like 24 to 48 hours for a response. And so again, this, this concept of just transparency and honesty uh, set us up so that we said, OK, what we're going to do is put up an autoresponder. Does anybody else use an autoresponder for weekend stuff? And we, I was scared shitless. I thought people were going to be like, oh, what the hell? I, I pay for your service. Oh, we're not on podcasts. I can swear. <laughs> um, uh, uh, people are like, I pay for your service. You better be there. And instead, we got a lot of responses like, I'm really glad that you're taking care of yourself. Um, I'm really glad that you're taking some time away. Actually, I probably should too. <laughs> um, you know, Please get back to me on Monday. That would be great. And it it went a long way to communicating to our support team that their personal time was important, too. Thank you for prompting me on that. And the other thing I wanted you to talk about. The other thing I wanted him to talk about was uh, your emergency at. Don't you have another email address for, like, total emergencies? We do, but we, we did, but that has changed recently. And I have some teammates who know way more about that than I do, so perhaps hit them up, like, wherever Aaron is, and hungover, dead in the hotel. Yeah, and, and Camille, who's also here. Okay. Um, yes, that's a really, really interesting thing. They used to... Okay, I'm going to tell the story as you told it two years ago, which is um, we used to invite people to send... In, they used to invite people to send an email that's like emergencies at or something. So if it truly was an emergency, it would get through to some people. It was a, and it forced people to self-select into that and really say like, yeah, this is an emergency, um, which is a, a little bit of a barrier. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so at Buffer, um, yeah, same question about holidays, holidays and things, um, and being you know customers all over the world. Um, you know, Christmas Day is not really that important in some countries. It's the day after Christmas and whatever. So, um, Boxing Day. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt looked up. <laughs> um, so, uh, 
Yeah, we've approached this a lot of different ways. I don't think any one way has been particularly perfect. Um, one thing we've done is, in, especially on retreats, for example, uh, we all get together, everyone suddenly in the same time zone, everyone suddenly wants to do the same things at the same time. Um, and what we've tried to do in those cases is involve some of the rest of the team. Um, it's a really good opportunity to give the rest of the team, developers, designers, marketing people, etc., um, an opportunity to learn a little bit more about the product, practice the tone, um, the, the way that the brand tries to interact with people, um, and even maybe at the end of it, experience a little bit more empathy for what the support team does on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's one thing. Um, another one, Joel, our CEO, is a big proponent of this, which might surprise you, but um, he often says, like, just, just turn it off, like, turn off support, um, which we've... I've never let him do, um, but I'm excited for uh, the next Chase to talk because I think you're going to tell us about that. Yeah, you go. So we have in the past turned off support. Um, that sometimes still happens for some of our products, like with Jetpack, uh, for our like free users and stuff like that. We'll essentially put a message up on the contact form or, or where the contact form normally lives uh, and then maybe disable the contact form uh, with some caveats for now that there are like paid Jetpack plans and stuff like that. We still want those to be able to come through. Um, and so if those users are logged in, then they may still be able to see the contact form and submit a ticket. Um, and so, you know, when this becomes a, a big deal, usually is at our yearly grand meetup when the whole company is together. Uh, and so this past year, I don't know if it has been done in years past, but this past year we did like ticket smashing sessions. So like at night, a bunch of people would get together uh, and, and work on tickets, essentially, uh, that had come in from like paid users and stuff like that. Uh, and I think uh, I, Andrew might be able to speak to whether that went well or not. It seemed like it, it was a pretty cool mid-sandwich. 900 replies in two hours. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, so, I mean, there are ways, like, I, I think we have a big enough team that we can still get together and, and do things like that and be able to support our users. I mean, obviously they're not, probably not getting the, maybe the same response time that they normally would since this is all going out, you know, in, in one, you know, couple hour span versus people answering tickets throughout the day like we normally would. Um, and so that's that's something that that we do. Uh, but yeah, like you mentioned, sometimes contact forms do get closed uh, for some of our products that are free, don't have you know paying customers, and they might be able to just go to the forums or something like that to post a question and get some community help uh, instead of waiting on us for the entire week that we're you know gone to the grand meetup. Just just to build on that for a second, um, does anybody in here do all hand support? Is that is that a thing that people are doing in their companies? <laughs> Mercer is. Um, uh, something that, that we've done, to I think, to great effect is, uh, so we have holidays, yes, but also uh, company retreats, uh, hackathons, the type of thing that I think a lot of companies support people are like, yes, that's, that's great. I'm excited about Hanukkah or whatever, but also stress because I have to answer these emails. Or like, yes, I want to participate in the hackathon, but also, like, who's going to do all the emailing stuff? And uh, we've, I think we've, what we've implemented pretty well, I mean, you, you guys tell me, but uh, we do like an all-hands support, um, a couple of scheduled sessions during the hackathon. So everybody stop for two hours, uh, lunch is provided, breakfast is provided, you get the whole team together. It's a, I just feel like it's such a good way to say this work is really, really important, but also we want you to be able to take time out of the inbox. So again, that's just like the bigger goal here is not like, okay, everybody disperse, except for support people, bring your work laptop, <laughs> right? Everybody knows how that feels a little bit, right? 
Sorry, go on. I think so. The biggest thing for Basecamp is is expectations, right? Um, on your help page, on your contact form, whatever. Chase uh, Livingston mentioned it, but you know, let people know that your team's going to be at a conference for the day, so that replies to them are going to be a little bit slower. I, people are understanding as long as they know what to expect. If your page says, hey, I'm going to get back to you in five minutes, and then they don't hear from you for a day, like that's a false expectation that you've set. So as long as you're upfront with your customers, they're going to they're realize that you're humans too, and that's fine. Um, All-hand support, definitely recommend it, especially when you're you know, a smaller team. Um, the only other thing I would add in there is if you're a small team of like five people, all five of you don't have to go to the conference. Sub, uh, Subconf has, you know, an east and a west version. Like, maybe half of you go to one, the other half goes to another. Like, that's the part of trading off as, as being a team. Um, same with holidays and stuff, too. Like, some people, um, you know, celebrate Boxing Day. So they take that day off and, you know, instead of taking Christmas off. It's a real holiday. Yeah. Yeah. I like it's how you cool. brought us back to the question. Cause yeah. Totally that's my job. That's my job. Um, yeah. And this is one of those where... So after the show, if you hit us up on the, the site, supportops.co, I'm going to try to link all these questions back to previous episodes if we've done them, because this is one of those that could take us like two hours to talk about, um, and we just don't have that kind of time. Um, I'm looking over at Carolyn because I'm sorry. We have to get to the next one. Okay, cool. Um, next question. I love this one. Uh, what's the hardest thing about being in support for you? Uh, we'll start with Livingston. That's a tough question. Um... I think for me sometimes, uh, like it's having to tell a user that what they want to do is not something that we can provide for them necessarily, and uh, you know it, maybe it's a something that we almost can do, but like we don't quite have the functionality or something like that. Uh, so just I guess letting a user down sometimes is is hard um, for me personally. I think the hardest thing, um, the, the thing that, especially as a team lead, um, you know, we talked a little bit about earlier the fact that, um, you know, empathy is sort of this thing that you can, I think Matt brought it up, um, that you run out of at a certain point. It's a little bit like you're, you have a cup and you can only pour so much out of it. Um, and you learn to, it's a muscle in that I think when we run out of it a couple times, you, you do learn how to feel more of it. You do strengthen your ability to treat even more people with great empathy. Um, I think it can be really hard after several years in support to not just put up some walls to prevent yourself from burning out on that. Um, the people who don't sometimes get home and are, are out of it, they've run out for their family. You know, they've, they've taken the blame and, um, been wrong and all this stuff all day and they get home and they don't have any more of that left. Um, and the people who do struggle then after a couple of years to really still feel that, um, and I don't have the answer to how to solve that <laughs> at all. Um, but I would love for us to talk about it um, maybe after this. But uh, I, I think that's so hard, seeing people in, on either side of that um, and uh, trying to stay really excited about the work that you're doing. Um, I think that's the hardest thing. That was good. <laughs> 
That was really good. Uh, where's Ben McCormick? I see him. Uh, so I'm just going to, I mean, Carolyn's totally right and Chase is too, but th there's another one which is, uh, for me, from sort of from the outside now, um, which is that some people are really, really good at support. They're really good and they really enjoy the grind. Um, and uh, and they, I, I think a career in support for them is like exactly what they should do. But just like anything else, there are also some people who are like, hey, I've been doing this for a while. What's next for me? Right? It's not that it's a bad thing. It's everybody goes through that. Um, and so Ben at the next subconf is going to do a talk. Um, because I think one of the hardest things, and I mean, I'm witnessing it um, while I'm here even, is that once you're addicted to the queue, uh, it's really hard to pull yourself away, right? Yeah, you get that drip, right, of, of responding to somebody and being like, fix that fucking issue. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to feel that pain anymore, right? Um, and uh, it can be really hard when when someone from outside is like, hey, I've got this, this outside project. It actually has nothing to do with responding uh, to customers. Can you help me with this? And you're like, yes, but I'm going to do it outside of my normal work hours because I can't get away. You know, there's just so many emails. I can't stop, um, which is generally true. But we can't all just push that, that, um, that giant boulder up the hill every day, right? At some point, we're, we want to move on, maybe. So again, so for some people, that work is their work. And just like anything else, like I applaud you. And I think we should find ways to make more of a career for people in that. But for other people, you, you do have to balance the, um, hey, like it's okay to, to step away. And you have that feeling of like, no, it's not. Um, and so Ben's going Ben's gonna to talk about that. <laughs> right, Ben? <laughs> you bet. You straight up stole my answer. Straight up. Thief. Um, so besides that, I, he's absolutely right. Um, I think the biggest thing is, uh, for me, kind of touching on what Carolyn was talking about, like learning when it's okay not to be empathetic. We're hired for empathy, right? We're hired to make sure that we feel the, the, the pain not only from the customer, but from our team, too. When our team is buried in uh, 150 emails in that queue, like we feel bad for doing something else besides the queue, like, we feel bad for not focusing on customer emails. Um, and, and that's something that I, I personally struggle with. So one of the things that we've started to do at Basecamp is to make space through a schedule. Like, if I block off, I'm going to be working on something else Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. I mean, uh, 10 a.m., not all day, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. It doesn't matter if the queue is 200 emails deep. I'm not working on that. And it's really hard for me to really like follow through on that because it's just it's that empathy you don't want to hurt your team members by not being there right uh yeah so that's that's me anyways that's that's a big thing um am i the only one like that anybody else like feel bad for stepping out of the queue well, right sure. yeah you're not alone like <laughs> would everybody like to hear ben's talk what? at the next subcomp about this <laughs> yes yes okay, great. there we go next subcomp did you just like does Scott know that, or did you just throw it in there? <laughs> We're on the same page. We're good. Oh, um, Love you, Scott. Since the last two were kind of like a little depressing at points, fun question. Um, would you rather be a dragon or own a pet dragon? Would you rather be a dragon or have a pet dragon? Okay. Definitely pet dragon. <laughs> right? No! <laughs> 
You get to ride that thing, but also be a human, Todd. <laughs> no, you say, pet, breathe fire on that guy. Livingston, what you got? This is, the, this is the best that we get. Okay, two, two great things about doing this. One, we've never all been in the same place at the same time. We've been, yeah, we've been talking on the web for three yeah. years, never all been in the same place. Second thing is we get live heckling and feedback <laughs> about how terrible of a job we're doing at this. So thank you. Okay, Chase, yeah. what do you think? I think I would say pet dragon versus being a real dragon. Uh, because... Girl, you got to go dragon. Yeah, she has to be different. So luckily we talked about this before, so Chase can can vouch for the fact that I already gave my answer, which was, be a dragon! <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Challenge gig. <laughs> I told her beforehand that if anybody was going to pick be a dragon, it would be her, because she is seriously the fiercest fucking dragon I've ever met. Right there. Um, but <laughs> I think I'm going to go with pet dragon, though. Like, totally, totally respect. <laughs> Total, total respect for being a dragon. It's one of those where would that get boring? Yeah. I have a fear that it would get boring. Like you know, fly. You've got the miracle of flight. That's going to get boring. <laughs> yeah. I'm being really scared of you and yelling at you. Yeah. 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 Moving on. Um, and this was probably my second. I love. Just as a side note, I love the questions that y'all sent in because they are absolutely amazing. Um, how would you, we'll start with Carolyn, how would you survive a zombie apocalypse? Oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> I'm a dragon. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. Just pass the mic. Just pass the mic. Oh, that's, um, have good friends? I don't know. Have, I, I do have some crazy friends that I really and truly think have bunkers somewhere, so uh, maybe I'll just continue to be good friends with them. I was going to say that I think you have a gadget bunker somewhere that could protect us, and I'm going to move in with Livingston. That's the plan. Move in with Livingston. Yeah, and a shotgun. <laughs> For uh, for those of you that uh, have talked to me either at previous conferences or whatnot, you know I own about 50 acres down in uh, the southern part of Tennessee. It's just like, just go back up in the woods and just be there. Easy. Done. Um, yeah, for those of you that don't know, I'm... Uh, I joke around. I'm the hillbilly hick on the uh, the crew here, just because I'm fifth generation on a family farm. Like I am not what you expect when you think tech worker at all, in the least. Um, fierce dragons like you. That's gonna be your new nickname. <laughs> um, all right, so. We've got like 15 minutes left, so we're going to do these last two. Um, yeah, it flies by. Done it. Uh, where do you, we're going to start with Jeff here, since you're right here. Where do you see opportunities for customer support as an industry in the next three years? No pressure. We all have dragons. Oh, God. <laughs> for those that don't know, this is his thinking face. <laughs> Right there. Some of you listen to like the audio version of our show. Like you miss this, this th thinking face. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. <laughs> if, that, if you want to think for a second. Um, so I'm actually really excited for. Someone made a joke yesterday about like the AI revolution, um, and I think like it w it was supposed to be like, oh, we're all scared that our jobs are going to be gone, which of course it's never going to happen. 
humans will always need humans. Um, but I'm actually really excited for that. So um, I think that like as much as that's going to happen, it's going to be answering and making questions simpler. We're going to learn from data faster. We're going to fix things faster in, in my optimistic view of the world. Um, and you won't ever have to say like, here's how you reset your password again, because like a machine will talk to the human and do that. Um, and I think that our jobs are going to be more about solving problems, success with the product, as opposed to figuring out which button to push to get it to do what you want. Um, and I'm really excited for that. I think that's going to be thrilling. So um, bring on the AI. I'm going to go. Um, yeah, I think that's really cool. I, I agree a lot with Carolyn on that. Um, I think something that uh, we're working on uh, in Jetpack and, and then some other products across Automatic is more proactive support. Um, and so similar to AI, like, trying to determine use cases where a user might be having trouble doing something and then trying to present them with help proactively before they even have to worry about contacting us um, to try and help them accomplish whatever it is they're trying to do. Um, so, yeah, the, the proactive support, I think, is something that I see, um, you know, in the future being important and, and pretty cool. Did you get an answer? No, I didn't. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I thought Margot's talk covered this pretty well, but we're thinking a lot about how um, we can help people use video and support. Um, I, I don't think that this is like a new, people have been doing this for a long time, so I feel a little bit of a cop-out in saying that this is the future of the industry. Um, but everybody in this, actually, Matt, I, thought, I think you covered this really well, that uh, this room represents the future. And that actually, uh, in terms of customer service, there is a gigantic group of people much, much, much larger than what we could possibly fit in this whole building who need help. And they are not where we hope to be. Uh, and so the future probably looks a lot like what everyone in this room is doing and then some, maybe with some cool new whiz-bang technologies. Um, so I, I feel like in terms of what we could be doing, it's probably spreading this outward. Um, and and I, I thought one of the themes of Matt's talk was that if we're only spreading it internally, internal to this community, then we're not helping the person who's doing support at some company that they're like, how is this, how is this customer service? This doesn't feel right. Um, so take that forward. <laughs> uh, three years, that's a long time, right? I mean, we've all, so we've done the show now for like two years, yeah. three years, that kind of thing, somewhere in there. I don't know. I should know. Um, yeah, at least three. Yeah. And I think it's come a long way just in those three years. It's kind of hard to like plan out that far. But I think one of the biggest things that you'll see is, you know, your teams have such a wide, varied background. Like, so for, for those of you that have done hiring in the last couple of years, like how many of you had hired somebody that wasn't in tech support before you hired them, Right. Like everybody, some of our best hires at Basecamp have been librarians beforehand. They've been apartment complex managers beforehand. Librarians is really popular, actually. They, they do really great jobs. Um, you know, uh, restaurant workers, like um, all these people that you don't think about when you think about tech support. They have really great backgrounds that make them perfect for support teams. And with when you hire them, you get all that background, too, for your product. So one of the things we're kind of experimenting with at Basecamp is, you know, if somebody has a previous history in real estate, like, how can we put them in touch with our real estate customers? 
so that they know exactly how they should be using Basecamp for real estate. Um, I, I've got a nonprofit backga- background, and I know exactly how a nonprofit can use Basecamp really efficiently and really um, you know, help them build their nonprofit out. So one of the things I look for is I look for other nonprofits that are looking at Basecamp. I want to talk to them because I know kind of best practices for them. Your team has backgrounds like that, and if you're not putting your team members in touch with those customers, I think it's going to be a disadvantage, especially in three years as your team grows. Um, so that's probably what I would say for three years. We're all going to be wrong. You realize that, right? Okay. Three years from now, we're going to be like, yeah, you remember that AI revolution? Never happened. Yeah, remember, you know? remember that yeah. plan for the industry? Yeah. Within 30 seconds. That was wrong. We'll go back and delete this episode. And it'll be fun. <laughs> do, do we have time for one more? Is that yeah, I'm working on the last are question. We asking, are we, is it a good question? All of my questions are good questions. But they're not my questions, they're their questions. So, well, I'm just you wondering know. if they think it's useful. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. He is. He's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, so in this one, we've got about 10 minutes left just for us. So if you want to like go a little bit, you know, don't think you have to do like one minute answer here. Um, if you could change one thing about how most companies do customer support, what would it be? And you cannot answer with everything Matt said earlier. Okay. okay? That's not allowed. Let's start. Oh, wait, you need time. Yeah, let's start with Carolyn. She was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, if, if I could change one thing about the way companies do support. Okay. I just wrote a big thing to my team about this. Um, it's not just what other companies I want to change. I want to change the way we do it as well. Um, I, okay, I always do this. Sorry. I think that in support, we often have this idea that it's your job to change the person's emotions. It's your job to turn it around I think people talk about this a lot in applications. Um, They talk about it a lot when they say what they like about their job. They say, I get to take someone who's unhappy and make them happy. Um, I get to turn it around. And I personally am sort of rebelling against this concept right now within our company, within Buffer. Um, We're talking about, is that even possible? And is it something that we even should attempt to do? Um, and so what we're trying to do now, um, how, how, how many people have seen Inside Out? Okay, a good question. Good. If you haven't, what? How many people cried, Jeff said. If you haven't seen it, um, especially for a room full of professional empathizers, go see it. Um, there's this scene where Joy is trying to cheer up, um, a toy that's sad, um, Joy represents the emotions of happiness, obviously. Um, And she's like, look, think about happy things and like making silly faces. And it's not working. And the person is still feeling sad or the toy. And then like sadness comes over and is just sad with him. And suddenly he's like, okay, I experienced the emotion. You validated my feelings um, through not telling me, but but by demonstrating that you felt those things too because I was feeling them. Um, and then he's like, all right, I can move forward. Um, and this is something that we're really working on right now is the idea of you're not trying to 
communicating empathy through words is really hard. Um, and what you're trying to do is communicate your feelings. You're not saying, you know, I validate you. You're saying, I'm showing you that I validate you, and you know that as a person because you can see that I'm sad that you're sad. Um, and that's okay, and it's okay that you're having these feelings because support is sometimes about joy and discovery, and sometimes it's about frustration and fury and fear if for your job or if, if you know, the tool doesn't do what you need to do in order to give your boss the report, whatever it is. Um, so what I want companies to do and what I want us to work on um, is getting rid of this concept of like trying to make people happy and change their emotions. Like humans are complicated. You don't, you don't know what somebody is going through. Like maybe what they want is for you to say, you are totally right in feeling sad and I am so sad along with you, but maybe not quite so explicitly. Um, and that's totally fine. And if the person leaves feeling heard, but still sad, that's okay. Like it's, it, it should, you shouldn't feel disappointed in yourself if you don't turn it around. Um, and even more so, like, I'm not even sure that that's something that we should be talking about, um, is changing other people's emotions. Um, so that's, that's something we're thinking about a lot. Because we have been reflecting on how long we've been doing this. And I, I just felt a moment there where like three years ago when we started, that was very different for you. Not that you thought you had to turn it around, but that you, you thought that that was part of your role, whether you wanted to do it or thought it was important or not. So, I don't know, pretty, like, proud friend moment to hear you, like, pushing for that. And I, I, I think that that's totally right. Thanks. Um, so one thing that I'm guilty of uh, a lot of times uh, that I think that uh, maybe... Of, of course not. <laughs> that I think that... Uh, maybe others uh, feel too is like trying to pass the buck. Uh, I know I, the product that I work with personally, and I'm sure a lot of the products that you all work with don't exist in a vacuum. And so they have to integrate and, and work and operate on other services and with other products and things like that. Um, and so something that I'm guilty of is, uh, you know, whether I can prove that the problem is with the other service or product or whatever or not, uh, you know, just, trying to, to pass the buck as quickly as I can to them before I try to help the user um, try to, you know, figure out how we can either find a workaround or uh, how we can contact the, the other product and sort of work together to a solution. Uh, and, and I think I'm guilty of just passing that immediately and not, you know, sticking with the user even when they try to, to work with this other product or something like that. And so I think that is something that I would change. Uh, it's happened to me. I'm guilty of doing it in support. Uh, so I think that's something that I would change about a lot of companies that I've worked with uh, in, uh, you know, trying to, to help them see that they can still help the user, even if that means helping the user by, you know, initiating a conversation with their mutual, you know, vendor or something like that and, and working through the, the issues that they have. Um, people who work in support, they are the most knowledgeable people about your product at the company. I work on the product team, and yet the support team knows much more than I do. They just have, like, infinite context, um, especially, like, a smaller team that does a lot of context switching. They just know everything about it. And I think the hardest part about that is that it's really difficult then to step out and remember what it feels like when you open that new app for the first time and you're like, oh, shit, where do I click? Like, what do I do? 
Um, and so I, I think something I would push for, um, something I do a lot is sign up uh, for new Wistia accounts and just go through the onboarding flow. And I, of course, that's more of my job description now. I, like I help the onboarding team work on that. But uh, as, as support folks, I, I really think we should be owning more of the experience, more of the full customer experience, because you, you have the most context, you have the most empathy, right? As, as Chase said, that's, that's really what you were hired for. That was the trait that you had during your interview. So um, it's trying to step back and say, what does it feel like to write in? How could we make it better, right? Every customer at some point is going to contact you. And if it's not a good experience, that is something that sticks with them. Yeah, actually, I, I could be wrong. Uh, something like the scale of buffer, perhaps that's not true. But um, especially if you're a paid app, I think it's pretty uh, normal that someone would reach out and say, I don't quite get it. So um, it, if we're not thinking a lot about that experience and how we can make it better, um, and all we're doing is showing up, taking our bag off, and getting into the queue, um, I think we lose like a really critical piece of the, the, the full end-to-end -end experience. So for support folks, um, I would push your team leads to say, hey, we're, we're a very critical part of the total experience. Let's have meetings about this. Let's document this in some way and go through it. Uh, let's spend time as a team figuring out how we could make the, the, the experience better. And if you're a team lead, I think you should be yelling at whatever table you have that um, that support is a really critical part of that, and you need to figure out how the help experience works. Is there a talk on that today? Yeah. Awesome! I can't wait. Segway. Yeah, perfect segue. That was very nice foreshadowing, right there. I read the itinerary. <laughs> I think um, I think we can all be a little bit better at training and sharing with others. Um, so a couple episodes ago, we did a, an episode about specialization and whether you should have people on your team that specialize in different products of your, uh, of your company or different areas of your product and that kind of thing. I think the same applies to all of us in this room. We're specialized. Every one of our teams and every one of our companies is specialized in supporting our customers. And if you don't share with a class, that's a lot of knowledge that we never get. Um, that's one of the reasons why we started the show way back when, because Buffer does it a little bit differently than Automatic does, and, and they do it a little bit different than Wistia does, and Basecamp, we don't, we're just there, we're trying. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I got to be a little self-deprecating in there. Um, but yeah, I think that's my job, my job. Um, I think the way that we're, we're changing that is through conferences like this, through support driven. Um, Y'all have so much, and, and us up here too, like uh, we have so much knowledge locked in our head when it comes to the customer experience and the support experience that it's almost a crime not to share it with other people. Um, whether it's more podcasts, whether it's more blog articles, whether it's more conferences like this, like however we have to. Um, I think one of the big things that we can change with customer support is that we need to share more. You know, we need to give that knowledge back. Um, and I think we're all going to be better for it. Rising tide lifts all boats and whatever. Um, yeah, whatever metaphor you want to stick in there. Tweet that. Tweet that. Um, all right, so that's a wrap from us. Uh, we promised Scott we would keep it to 15 after. Um, so um, if you haven't ever heard of us before and you don't think we're crazy or anything like that, head over to supportops.co on your, uh, your mobile device or whatever. Uh, you can find out more about all of us. Open up your favorite podcast app. Uh, look for support ops. You'll find us there. Subscribe, tweet, 
whatever, whatever you want to do there. Uh, just a special thanks real quick from us to uh, Scott. Where is he? There you are in the back. Thank you. You are awesome. <laughs> thank you for letting us commandeer an hour, and thank you for the support-driven uh, community because you've done a lot of great work in there. Um, and I think just one last word of thanks. Thanks to y'all. Yeah. Uh, don't forget the middle. Oh, well, uh, well, here's the thing. I can't keep naming people. I'm going to forget somebody. Yeah, it's that empathy. I'll forget somebody, and then I'll like get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and be like, yeah, I forgot their name. Um, so uh, big thanks to all y'all, too, because uh, you, know, you just listened to us ramble about some stuff for an hour. Um, one other thing, your companies and your team sent you here for the knowledge that you're getting. Please take that back to your team and your customers because I think everybody is going to love you for it. Everybody's going to get a better experience out of it. So everything you learn here, um, like I was talking about with the sharing, share with your team, share with your customers. It's going to end up uh, just better for that. Um, yeah, so uh, thanks, y'all. Enjoy the rest of the conference. <laughs> <laughs>